Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's it up to McCaffrey. There he goes. It's a C-Mac attack. This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast. Here on the Believe Podcast Network the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. On today's show, a look back at the Panthers' loss to the Tampa Bay Bucks in Week 10 and a preview of Panthers versus Lions in Week 11. And welcome back, Panther fans, to another edition of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. I am your host, Desmond Johnson. I am joined by my esteemed colleague. He is a 13-year NFL veteran, uh, the first defensive player ever selected by the Carolina Panthers back in 1995. First-round selection, two-time Super Bowl winner Tyrone Poole. What's going on, Ty? How's your week been? Desmond, what's going on, man? My week has been wonderful and is even better now because I'm on the Believe and Panther football. Talk to all the Panther fans. So uh, we got a lot of great information for them uh, today. Absolutely. And uh, what we what we do during the season, we'll recap the previous week's matchup and then we'll give you a preview of the upcoming week's matchup. Panthers three and seven on the season so far, heading into week 11. Uh, they've got a bye two weeks from now. They had a really late bye this year in week 13. So uh, still have uh, a game this week against the Detroit Lions. We'll give you an injury update. There's a couple of key players uh, that are injured. Uh, we'll give you some updates on that as well. Uh, but first, a word from our sponsors over at Bet Online. The NFL season is in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Carolina Panthers hosted the uh, division rival Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday, falling 46-23. to uh, in that matchup, and what we always do when we start off these Believe in Panther podcasts is give you some takeaways that we had from the previous week's game. Ty, I'm going to let you kick things off here. What was one of the main takeaways that you took from uh, the Panthers losing their, their fifth straight, uh, this time to division rival Tampa Bay? You know, I'm going to start with this here. Um, you know, it was a great game, a great game up until the momentum shifted. And what I mean by that, the third quarter, with about eight minutes remaining um, in the third quarter, Tampa Bay, you know, only up by three, only up by three. And then Ronald Jones just broke loose for that 98 yarder. And, uh, you know, I haven't seen anything like that other than Derrick Henry, who tied uh, Tony Dorsett record. Derrick Henry did it against the Jaguars in uh, 2018. And Tony Dorsett initially set the record for the longest run, 99 yards versus the uh, Vikings in 1982. So when I saw Ronald Jones break for that 98-yarder, I think the momentum shifted right there because the special teams had downed it, uh, the ball. You know, they downed the ball, the punt, and probably would have, you know, played a good 
tough defensive stance uh, in that situation and probably giving the ball back to the Panthers offense with excellent position. And who knows, Panthers probably would have gone in and got a field goal, tied it up, or probably went up uh, 24 to 20. But uh, that situation right there, I think, momentumly shifted. And then the wheels started kind of, you know, coming out slowly but surely. But, you know, the one thing I'll take is from a positive is that the uh, offense uh, scored first. You know, they, they set the tone, came down and went and got seven points. And I think uh, unlike the last meeting with the Buccaneers, you know, the Panthers offense didn't show up in the first or the second quarter. But this time, Matt Rule, Joe Brady made sure they were going to set the tone, which they came out and scored. So that's the first thing uh, that I take. And that's very important to set the momentum of the game. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I went through this whole week with kind of a taste in my mouth. Like, this was the first week all season. And we've talked about it. Carolina's been in pretty much every game they've played. Uh, even the first Tampa game, when you look at the score, it was 31-17. It looks deceiving. That game was pretty much close until Leonard Fournette broke out with a 70-plus yard touchdown run. It kind of broke the back on that game as well. Uh, I, th- most of this week, I was like, God, we played horrible. That was, a hor- that was the worst game Carolina's played all year long. And then I literally, I just finished rewatching the replay uh, of the highlights right before we started recording this, just to kind of refresh my memory. And it didn't feel like it, but you I mean, you're right. Eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter, the score was 32 to 23. I mean, it, it was literally right there. Uh, take away a couple of mistakes here and there, and it's an even closer game than that. And then, uh, you know, Ronald Jones with the 98-yard touchdown. But which was to me totally unacceptable for multiple reasons. Uh, for starters, Shaq Thompson was calling out the play before it happened. <laughs> so I mean, he's literally telling the defense what's about to happen. Uh, to hear Whitehead, I know he came in as a free agent this year. I uh, was expected to kind of help boister the linebacking core. He has been lost in this defense all year long, and I've kind of tried to give him a leash to kind of adapt and get into it. On Sunday, he looked like he was just out there collecting the check. Like he on that particular play, he just ran to the the first big pile he saw basically instead of waiting for the play to develop. And then the two rookies over on the end, uh, Derek Brown and Yator uh, Gross Matos, they both just basically chose the wrong gap assignments and just left the hole open for Ronald Jones. Once he got to the second level, the only person to beat was Jeremy Chin, and once he got past him, it was a foot race. So I mean, just stuff like that. I get it, week one, week two, week three, but we're in week. Well, we're going into week eleven at this point, and it feels like the defense is still making some of those same type of mistakes. I really, really, really want them to work on that going forward. Like I'm trying to see this team grow and get better, and it feels like over the past five weeks that they've been stagnant. They haven't gotten better. I don't know if they've gotten worse. They just seem like they're kind of running in place. They they kind of play the same game like every week in terms of. Uh, coming out first half, swinging, you know, competing. Then something happens in the third quarter. Their third quarters are horrendous. They've had horrible third quarters, and they did again this past Sunday. Zero points scored in the third. That's when Tampa kind of asserted themselves, like you mentioned, Ty, and they kind of started pulling away. The momentum kind of shifted, and Carolina couldn't really get back on top of it. And again, it became one of those games where Carolina's kind of clawing, trying to get back in front of a team and either run out of time or make too many errors in the end, and the other team pulls away. But uh, for me, that, that was one of the main things for me was third quarter play. Yeah, well, here's one of the things. Whatever a big play, this is what the fans got to understand. And anybody who truly knows football, uh, I'm going to give you a tip here. Uh, when a big play happens, 
offense or defense. But let's talk about defense. Let's talk about that 98-yard run. Anytime a big play happens like that, usually it's one person that didn't do what they were supposed to do. All other 10 guys are doing what they're supposed to do. And it's one guy that maybe he didn't hit that gap like he was supposed to. He got blocked off. Maybe he got reached by an offensive lineman. Uh, or he probably tried to do too much. He was supposed to have an A gap, but thought maybe the ball was going to the B gap, so he's going to stick his nose in the B gap when his teammate already has the B gap. Now you got two people in the B gap, and the A gap is wide open. Mm-hmm. And these athletes are so great that they got vision. They got Ronald Jones has vision. That's why he's starting in the NFL, people, just like McCafferty. If you see any big run that uh, Christian McCaffrey makes or Davis, Mike Davis makes, it's because somebody on defense did not do what they were supposed to do. And that's how that big run came. So if one person, like they say, don't be that guy. That's what we would would tell ourselves. Don't be that guy. And like Coach Belichick would say, just do your job. So if everybody do their job, there are no big plays. And if everybody would have done their job on that particular play, then Ronald Jones would not have had that 98-yard run because I firmly believe that every defense that is called has a a run-stopping mechanism where every gap is accounted for. And just what happens, somebody doesn't do their job, and they do it uh, with less effort than their opponent. And their opponent gets the best of it, and bam, got a 98-yard run. So, you know, each individual has to look at themselves. I don't think it's nothing wrong so much with the scheme. I think each individual need to look at themselves, and that's why it's very imperative that these guys understand who are on this Panthers team right now, just because you're on that defense right now or just because you're on this offense right now doesn't mean that you're going to be here next year. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, telling, I'm, I'm not telling them what I heard. I'm telling them what I know. You better make sure you're taking care of your business because the NFL is revolving doors. Well, I, I can say Tahir Whitehead probably not going to be here next year because that his right now his stuff is on tape and Coach Matt Rule echoed this uh, this week in his press conferences where he was describing that play and, and I do agree with you that typically whenever a big play gets sprung like that usually it's one guy kind of made a mistake and it opened it up. On that particular play, Coach Rule mentioned that it was multiple guys that that messed up their assignments, which led to uh, that insane 98-yard run by Ronald Jones. And and that's happened all year. Like this is, like I said, this is week 11. Like we're we're past the halfway part of this season, and it's not just rookies doing this. It's veteran guys that are just missing assignments and just not wrapping up, just basic things. And you could hear it in Mike in uh, Matt Rule's voice and his facial expression when he was describing the Bucks game this weekend in his press conferences that it fe- it looked like he feels like the guys he trusted to bring in to build part of this foundation, some of those guys are failing him. They're not doing what he expected them to do when he brought them in. And now we're entering a part of the season where a season where decisions are going to have to be made in terms of who's going to get some playing time, who's going to get on tape, wh- who what are we going to do with this guy, what are we going to do with that guy. And one thing I've noticed too, we've been – fairly high on Teddy Bridgewater for most of the year. Uh, But now there's enough on him in a Panther uniform for me to sit back and go or start to question, how long do I want Teddy Bridgewater as the quarterback? And by that, I mean, is he the franchise quarterback? That's the question that me, you, Panther fans have all discussed all year year long. And it, it almost kind of feels like Teddy has a ceiling. Like he... 
he's a he's an adequate quarterback. He's very accurate, which is his best attribute. But it feels like he can't get it down the field, and it's starting to feel like teams are not respecting his arm. Uh, Tampa didn't really seem to respect it at all. He only threw uh, for 136 yards. He, now, granted, he was 18 for 24, so 75% completion. But to me, the telltale uh, stat, 5.7 yards per throw. So in comparison, Brady was averaging 8.7 yards per throw. That, to me, that's the definition of a dink and dunk offense. It felt like they were just kind of five yards here, five yards there, five yards here. And they never really tried to get down the field. DJ Moore had the one 30-plus yard completion uh, that Teddy had to kind of rainbow over to him. But really, that's the only p- play I can think of in that game where Teddy tried to throw the ball further than 10 or 15 yards down the field. And Tampa was playing that. They were blitzing six, seven guys at times. Uh, they were dependent on their secondary, which is very good, by the way, to play uh, to play great uh, defense and coverage back there. Teddy never got comfortable. He had two touchdowns, but he also had an interception. And it just feels like more often than not, that's the kind of game we get from Teddy. He's not going to kill you. He's not going to lose a game for you more often than not. But he's yeah. not going to – it doesn't feel like he's going to go out and actually just go grab a game, you know, like, like a Russell Wilson – Pat Mahomes, uh, even a Kyler Murray that we saw earlier this year that had a, a Hail Mary touchdown to DeAndre Hopkins on Sunday to win a game, and the Cardinals are 6-3. and three. Uh, It just feels like Teddy has a certain ceiling. That's how I'm feeling. Now, I'm not talking for all the Panther Nation or even for Tyrone Poole, but for me, it feels like he kind of has a ceiling. And these next six games are critical for me to see how he performs going forward because the schedule does get a little bit lighter. They still have the Packers and they did have the Saints on there, but of course Drew Brees is injured. Uh, but other than that, you know, it's pretty manageable. Lions this week, they've got the Vikings. Uh, it, it, there's some games in there that they can, you know, do some things. So I, I'm I'm more optimistic now <laughs> doing this broadcast than I was two, three days ago right after that game ended. Yeah, and I, I'll say this going back, uh, you know, defensively, you know, big play. Again, when you go back and look at the uh, Bucks offense, they kept the ball seven. They had the ball seventy-seven plays, forty-seven plays. I don't care, Desmond, who you are, defense. And this is why I've always said this. You know, it's easy for people to point out this and that about big plays and not everybody not doing their job. But you know what? When you get tired and see, this is this is again where people who don't know sports, who don't know football, defense and offense are totally different. And that's why I've always used the cliche. I said defense is like a cheetah. It's like a cheetah. We only have a certain amount of energy. Defense is all about attack, attack. It takes energy to attack. And when you're on the field 77 plays and your offense is on the, on the ball for 47 plays, you get tired. You get mentally tired. You have MEs. So it's a team game. That's why I love football. It's such a team sport. Um, and, you know, credit coach. Todd Bowles with Tampa Bay. He outcoached Tom uh, uh, Joe Brady. You know, the Panthers offense only had 187 yards um, <laughs> the entire game. Mm-hmm. And talk about Teddy Bridgewater, you know, I think, you know, Teddy is a great quarterback. You know, and, 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 and the thing, again, when I look at fans and people who, you know, one day, I call them bandwagon riders. You know, um, the quarterback position is a tough position. Teddy Bridgewater, no, he didn't play well. And I, if, if I'm looking at Teddy Bridgewater, the book on him right now, I'm like, blitz him. Blitz him. Because the offense is beat up. It's beat yeah. up. Put pressure on him. He's going to get rid of that ball. And I think any quarterback, 
will have a bad game when you blitz. And that's what Tampa Bay did a little bit more of uh, the second half. But then you go back to the Kansas City game, you got the same Teddy Bridgewater, who everybody was ranting and raving about, who threw the ball 36 times for 49, uh, uh, 49 times for 36 completions, 310 yards. So now when he has a bad game, it's up and down. You know, but I think Teddy has the ability and I think he knows he has the ability. Joe Brady believes he has the ability. Now, whether he's going to be here 20 years like some quarterbacks play for a team, I, I don't think you'll ever see that happen again because you know, rarely, should I say, when you see a player stay with a team for uh, a lot of years because teams are looking for talent. And uh, if Teddy continues to be that person, then I'm pretty sure he'll get picked up by another team. And have another opportunity so you know i just think you know when as a defense when you're on the field 77 times 77 plays and your offense is on the field 47 plays show me one defense that won't give up big plays Here, here's my thing and you said it just earlier when you first started your comment there that that teddy bridgewater is a great quarterback for me i think the word great is thrown around too much like how many great quarterbacks are there in the nfl like really like when we really sit down and, and divide out who are the great quarterbacks from the good quarterbacks from the average quarterbacks i wouldn't put teddy in the great category i'm not even sure if i would put him in the good category and in terms of the knowing football playing football so you have more of a uh, perspective on what's going on on the field that may be true but you don't have to have had a, a football playing career to see that Teddy Bridgewater is being up and down all season long he, he'll have a game like he did uh, week one or week two or like in Kansas City last week and then the following week he'll have a game like he did week two versus Tampa or last week versus Tampa like it's just there's no true consistency other than the inconsistency throughout the year where one game he's playing well the next game it's eh, not great, but it's not like game winning either. And at quarterback with the injuries that the Panthers have on offense and the lack of depth on defense, they're having to lean on Teddy even more so than even he probably thought when he first signed with Carolina coming in. Nobody knew they were going to be missing Christian McCaffrey for, you know, going on six, seven games or uh, missing Russell Okung's left tackle for the majority of the season. Like there's been certain guys that he hadn't had with him. So I'm not saying it's all on Teddy. There's been extenuating factors that have caused Teddy to play inconsistently throughout the season. But having said that, I haven't seen – I can't think of a single game that the Panthers have played so far this season, 10 games in, where Teddy had a, had a legit chance to win the game and came through. I can think of situations where he had a chance to win it and they didn't come through a couple of times, a handful actually. But he's had multiple shots to – kind of push them over and to push himself over to from that good category to great. And he has not done that yet. Can he do it? I, I don't know. I have no idea. It's not really for me to say. It's really for him to say. It's up to him to kind of push that to the next level. And to me, that separates the great players from the good players or the average players or the guys that are just out there. I asked that question for you. Uh, can Teddy do it? I think he can. I, I hope he can. And I, I actually played the game. I played it for 12 years as a starter, and I know he can. And it's, it's 11, it's 10 other guys that are out there playing with Teddy. You know, so they have to step up and do their job. And he has to have time to throw the ball. That's why when they go to defensive, uh, or should I say offensive or defensive meetings, we meet as a team, as a unit, and then we break down in individuals. The O-line go with their O-line coach. The receivers go with their receivers coach. The running back go with their running back coaches. The quarterback go with the quarterback coaches. So 
there we're individually breaking down what we're supposed to do. Okay, but then we come back together as a team. So the team has to play together. Same thing on defense, D-line, uh, they got their meeting room. The secondary, we got our meeting room. The linebackers, they got their meeting room. Then we come together as a team. So yes, if Teddy's doing his job, he, he can only do his job according to what his other 10 guys allow him to do. So does he have the talent? Can he do it? I believe he can. And just surround him with the healthy people, just like everybody else. You look at Tampa Bay. Tom got almost an all-star team. So yeah, no kidding. <laughs> around Teddy uh, Bridgewater. Give him back, you know, uh, everybody say Chris McCaffrey is that guy. Uh, Mike Davis, I think he's a pretty good guy. But you know what? People going to say, oh, he's not Christian McCaffrey. Okay, give him back Christian McCaffrey. We saw what he did when Christian did come back with the uh, Chiefs. So I think, again, it is a team game, but the quarterback is the high-profile position, and that's why he uh, takes the wins when, you know, the losses, it comes with that position. I'm glad you mentioned Christian McCaffrey, and we'll we'll have an injury update on him in just a second as we uh, move into the preview against the Lions, 1 o'clock p.m. kickoff Sunday on Fox. I have a hot take that – my my biggest takeaway from the game last week really had nothing to do with a ball. Well, it was a player that wasn't even in the game. But my initial thought, and really as the week's gone on, it's strengthened in my mind based off everything that I've learned from uh, Panther beat writers in Charlotte and uh, the extent of McCaffrey's injury. And you're probably not going to agree with it. A lot of Panther fans aren't going to like it either, but it's my take. Christian McCaffrey should not play another down for Carolina this season. Like, he just should not. There's six games left. They're on a five-game losing streak. They're set. To, he's set to miss multiple weeks with a shoulder injury right now. They don't even have an estimate for when he can return. Uh, he was ruled out for this game against the Lions. There's no reason to risk the face of the franchise for a win in week 14 or week 15 of a season when the team is already three and seven and pretty much out of the playoff race. That they just sometimes I, I hear what you're saying about uh, you know having a football football experience and football perspective. But I do also know from talking to players that players need to be saved from themselves sometimes too. A player will go out there and play when they probably shouldn't be playing because they love playing so much. It's a, There's a difference between being hurt and being injured, right? So with McCaffrey, I, we all know he's going to want to play. That's not really the question. That's why we love the guy. He's going to want to play, whether it's week 17 or whatever. But to me, now it's gotten to a point where you got to involve David Tepper, Matt Rule, uh, Joe Brady, Marty Herney in this conversation uh, because if they put McCaffrey on IR a second time, that's season ending. He won't be able to come back. And do you risk the face of the franchise who you just gifted with the largest contract for a running back in NFL history? The kid is only 24. Uh, He's been banged up all year. He's only played two and a half games like all year because of injury. Do you risk injuring further for games at the end of the year when he may come back. Say he's back in two or three weeks. We're in week 15 at that point uh, after a bye. And at that point, what are we what are we looking at here? Like, wh- what are we trying to gauge by putting Christian McCaffrey back out there again and risking further injury? I know he's not going to like it. I know the fans ain't going to like it. I'm pretty sure you're not going to like it. But, I, I, <laughs> but I'm at that point where I'm like, you know what? He needs to go on IR. Russell Lacoon needs to go on IR. Dante Jackson definitely needs to go on IR because he keeps trying to gut it out and can't finish games with that toe injury, and it's not going to get better uh, as he's continuing trying to play on it week to week. And I'm starting to look 
more towards the future. What's your, what's your say on that? Yeah, I say that yeah, I'm gonna go back and I want you to go back and find the footage, okay? Find the the, the verbiage. But um, now you're talking sideways now, okay? I'm gonna call you out. I'm gonna call you out. Call me out. Call me out. Now you can go back and pull up. We got we got uh, uh, recordings of this. But I've always said I don't think when Christian McCaffrey when we were talking about bringing him back. Um, I said, you know what? I think as a player, you shouldn't come back until you're ready to come back. Okay. But then I think you, I don't know verbatim what you said, but you did say something like this. You said, well, he's the top horse, so to speak. And he needs to play, feed him, feed him, feed him. But now you're saying, okay, well, they need to put him on IR. They need to. So I'm like, again, I hear what you're saying. And uh, like I said, go back and pull up. I'm going to call you out on this one here, baby. I got to call you out on this one here because you, you, you're kind of like politics now. You're a Republican. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got I got an answer for that. I got I, It's a simple answer, too. When I said that, that was three, four weeks ago. Like the Panthers were in the middle of – they were still in the middle of the playoff race. This is now week 11, and they're three and seven. The, the season has changed. The dynamic has changed for that. So the answer, the answer was never a, a cemented – this is going to be the answer all season long. That was before he got hurt again. That was when he was still out with the ankle injury. That was before he hurt his shoulder. So that's totally different thing. That's not that's not waffling or anything like that. That's basically okay. My kid, my dude got hurt again. He's going to miss another two or three weeks. When he comes back, he will have missed nine or ten weeks of a seventeen week NFL season, and it'll be at the end by the point where the Panthers will probably, who knows where they're going to be record wise. But what good does it do? To play him at that point. So, yes, I, I have shifted my position on Christian McCaffrey in terms of him playing, and I, I don't regret it. <laughs> I don't regret it at all. Now, will will that happen? I have no idea because McCaffrey could play next week. We we have no idea, and they're keeping it pretty close to the vest. And uh, they keep saying he's day-to-day, but they, were, they ruled him out on Wednesday, and multiple reports are saying that he's going to be out multiple weeks and that he's looking for a second opinion which I would expect from Christian McCaffrey. Because, again, he wants to play. It's not a matter of me saying he doesn't want to play this season. It's a matter of me saying I don't want to see him playing again this season because I want him fresh for 2021 once we have more in reinforcements, another draft, a free agency class. This coaching uh, group has a year under their belt in the NFL. None of these guys were in the NFL last year. They are all in college. So they're all learning on the job. So, again, what do we gain – from bringing McCaffrey back two, three weeks from today after he's healed up from a shoulder surgery or injury. Yeah, and then again, like I said, I speak with the principal. My principal is the fact bring people back when they are ready to come back. So that's my principal. So if he plays the last game of the season, play him. Play him. If he can't play, then don't play him. That's my principal. And my principal, I think, sticks with anything, anywhere, any place. If a person is ready to come back, bring them back. If they're not, then don't bring them back. So that's my principle, and I'm sticking with it. So if you were so if you were owner David Tepper and you had just signed him to this deal in the offseason and McCaffrey's badgering you to come back, but you're not sure, like the doctors are telling you, ah, there's a chance he could re-injure it, there's a chance he can make it worse, but McCaffrey's in your ear like, I want to play, I want to play, I want to play. You're saying you would let him play? Again, I guess you didn't hear what I said, Desmond. I said when a player is ready, healthy, maybe I should have said that part, but I think you kind of thought you knew where I was coming from. Evidently, you didn't. I said, well, I just want you to be clear. Yeah, if he's healthy. 
So I'm not saying no play. I never did say when a player mentally wants to come back. I said when they're ready to come back from their injury, the injury is healed. They are ready to come back. Then yes, bring them back. Let them play. Whether it's the last two game of the season or whatever. Because again, you come into 2021, Desmond, football is a game of tackle. It's a, he can get hurt next year. So there's no guarantees, buddy. So all I'm saying is if he's healthy to come back, then bring him back and let him finish out the season. And also what this does, it gives him or any player the mental strength that, hey, my injury is healed. Then now you come back the following year. You know what? I know I'm healed because I finished the season versus coming back in 2021. The last time you played was such and such. So now you're coming into the game with doubt. I don't know if I'm truly, truly healed. And that could cause an injury. So, again, my principle is if a guy is healthy, then let him finish the season. If he's not healthy, then do not let him finish the season. It's just simply. And, and, I was say, and again, I, I, I preface that with the the, uh, the saying that this was my opinion. <laughs> not to, I'm not speaking for Tyrone Poole. I'm not speaking for the fan base or the coaches or anybody. This is what I left the game thinking that they should do going forward. And it's fine for us to, to disagree with that. Matter of fact, when I thought it, I was like, Ty's not going to like that one bit. <laughs> He's not going to agree with that at all. So, that, so uh, yeah, so I fully expect that. Let me move into the injury report, and then we'll get into the preview for uh, this Sunday's game against the Lions. Coach, uh, Head coach Matt Rule said on Wednesday that they expect cornerback Dante Jackson, running back Christian McCaffrey, and left tackle Russell Okun out on this upcoming Sunday. Um uh, Jackson and Okun can go on IR and still return. If McCaffrey goes on IR a second time, as I mentioned before, it would be season ending and he would be done for the season. Uh, a decision will be made on that either way over the next couple of weeks, depending on the severity of McCaffrey's shoulder injury, which still hasn't really been put out there in terms of how severe the injury actually is. So we'll find some more information about that for you guys as we go further. Uh, a huge injury update on quarterback Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, injured his uh, has an MCL sprain could have been much worse uh, got hit low late in the game on Sunday he did practice he was limited in practice Tyrone on Wednesday they have him listed as day to day backups PJ Walker and Will Greer have been sharing the second string snaps uh, for Carolina and some of the first string snaps as well this week but uh, always a good look when uh, Bridgewater can actually get out there and practice, even in a limited capacity, in terms of him possibly playing this Sunday. Panthers taking on the 4-5 and five Lions Sunday, 1 p.m. on Fox. Detroit's dealing with quarterback injury uh, issues themselves. Um, their quarterback, Matthew Stafford, actually injured a ligament in his thumb on Sunday, this past Sunday. Their backup is Chase Daniel, who Panther fans may remember used to be the backup to Drew Brees in new orleans um what's a what's a key here to take on this this lions team they're a pretty feisty team four and five on the season um people may remember earlier on in the year they had that comeback win against the falcons when the falcons just kind of kept letting people uh you know catch up to them in the fourth quarter Uh, if i'm not mistaken the lions were the ones that the the falcons scored with like a minute to go in the fourth and then somehow matthew stafford drove them all the way down the field with a minute left in the game scored a touchdown as time expired and the falcons lost again uh on a late fourth quarter comeback uh to a team scoring uh as time expired on the clock uh ty what's your first key to the game here for carolina to emerge with a victory here against the detroit lions I'm going to go back and uh, pick up on something, close out, tie something up. You said about the uh, injuries. Uh, For all the Panther fans, uh, again, just speaking from experience, um, 
it's not so much if you see on the injury report uh a guy didn't practice wednesday a guy didn't practice thursday a guy was limited wednesday a guy was limited thursday those days really don't mean they they they, they are very important but i'm gonna tell you from experience, the most important day that you want to make sure you pay attention to is Friday's practice. Friday's practice. So if a guy does not take part in a Friday's practice, then be concerned about Sunday's play. Because Friday is when we put in and we go over everything that we have gone over Wednesday and Thursday. So that's first and second down, uh, which usually is done on Wednesday. Third down uh, is done on uh, uh, blitz and third down, maybe done on Thursday. So on Friday, they come back and do everything that is a game situation uh, on Friday. So from an injury standpoint, pay attention to that, uh, Panther fans. Um, and as far as Matthew Stafford, uh, yeah, he's injured. And I think his thumb, his injury is on his throwing uh, uh, hand. So that's going to be very impactful for him because remember, he has to take that thumb and squeeze that ball. So if he can't squeeze that ball, then his rotation on that ball, his his uh, velocity on that ball is going to be cut down. So, you know, there could be some great opportunity for the Panthers secondary to pick some balls off. But I think going into this game, uh, what the Panthers have to do, they have to take advantage of the Lions uh, defense. You know, the Lions defense, they're giving up tons of yards on the ground. So this could be a game where Mike Davis could step up and blow up and blow out that defense of the Lions. And also uh, the Lions secondary. You know, these guys are, 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 are young. They got injuries. So I'm expecting uh, Teddy Bridgewater to come out and have a phenomenal game throwing the ball. Uh, DJ Moore, um, Robbie Anderson, uh, Chris Chris Samuels, you know, these guys should have an opportunity to make that passing game go. So um, offensively, you know, the Lions, they are still capable. But Matthew Stafford with that thumb on his throwing hand, that could be a problem. But I think if the Panthers can come out and run that ball on a bad defensive run-stopping unit, I think they will have success. And um, Teddy thrives off of play action. And at the same time, I'll close with this. The Panthers' um, offense also got to be ready for the Lions to blitz because the Panthers have shown some vulnerability to the blitz. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the Lions blitz the Panthers more, uh, just like Tampa Bay did. They've been, uh, a lot of teams have been, I guess, watching tape and uh, attacking that left tackle position. Again, Russell Kung has been in and out of the lineup all season long. They've rotated guys over there. Dennis Daly's been over in that position for a little bit. Um, it, they haven't been able to have any kind of real cohesion between the offensive line because of injury. They've had guys swapping in and out, and that can affect a quarterback's play as well. Uh, for me, the number one thing, the Panthers' defense needs to step up. Like This is, this is week 11, and I feel like they're regressing instead of getting better. Uh, they allowed 544 yards to Tampa Bay. That's the third most ever allowed by a Panther defense in the history of the franchise, and it just felt like a continuation of what we've been seeing the past – six plus weeks or so where it's like the Panther defense just can't get off the field. Uh, third down conversions for the opposing offense are usually above 50% when they play the Panthers. Uh, teams are moving the chains. 
teams have zero issue moving the ball up and down the field against the Panther defense. And that's not on one guy. That's the whole 11-man defensive side uh, just not playing up to their potential, in my opinion. And we keep seeing it week after week where this defense refuses to force teams to punt. Like, they just can't get them off the field. And I don't know what they need to do or if they've got the bullets left in the gun to be able to do this. But I want to see some more pressure. Like, it drives me nuts when I see this three-man rush. Like, it happens randomly throughout the game. Uh, and every time it's happened, especially the past five or six weeks, I don't know if you've realized this yet, uh, Ty, but we just finished a stretch where over the past six games, every quarterback we faced was a former league MVP or Super Bowl MVP. Matt Ryan, Nick Foles, Drew Brees, Matt Ryan again, Pat Mahomes, and then Tom Brady. So I, I give them a little bit of a pass because of the quarterback play they were having, even though Nick Foles, I'm not sure you could really put <laughs> put him in the same category as the other guys that, are, that I just rattled off. But, uh, hey, he's got it on his resume, so you got to count it. And if I feel like they've been attacked in the air by these quarterbacks over the past five or six weeks, and you got another gunslinger, Matthew Stafford, coming uh, this week. But, again, like you said, I think that injury is on his throwing hand, so it might be an opportunity to get some turnovers here. Uh, in the passing game and just shake it up a little bit, you know, do something different because what we're doing right now is not working. It's not working in terms of what I would assume defensive coordinator Phil Snow had in his mind that would be happening when they're employing this, but they got to do something to apply some pressure on Matthew Stafford, get him out of his rhythm, get him, get him out of that box. And cause Stafford doesn't like to run around. Uh, he's a traditional pocket type passer. And if you can get him rattled a little bit, and get them off of their rhythm, Detroit is an up-and-down team as well. So this is a game that the Panthers can definitely take, for sure. They have enough to be able to take this game. I would not be surprised if they win this game by more than a possession. Uh, But a lot of that will depend on who's the quarterback for Carolina. If Teddy Bridgewater's playing on Sunday, I'll feel way more comfortable about it than if P.J. Walker or Will Greer is out there, who I don't think has seen any snaps uh, live action this year. Uh, so far, PJ Walker's come in uh, to help whenever Teddy's been out. Uh, going along with that on the defensive side uh, and that pressure, the the defense has only had 11 sacks in the entire season uh, in 10 games. Like they're just not getting enough pressure to the quarterback, and the stats bear it out. Like just they they got to figure something out to get some people back there to bother uh, the opposing quarterbacks. And this would be the week to start because while Stafford's got a pretty good arm. He's not going to carve you up the same way a Tom Brady or a Drew Brees would when you're sending a blitz. You're kind of worried to send a blitz against those kind of guys. With Stafford, I think he can be had. Yeah, uh, again, I, I, you know, it's going to be a good game, going to be a fun game. And uh, just as long as the Panthers offense uh, just continues to give the Panthers defense that rest, again, I cannot emphasize this more and more and more. Uh, defense is only built for a certain amount of energy. And uh, if that offense, just like in the Bucks game, uh, the Bucks had the ball for 36 minutes and the Panthers offense only 23 minutes. So, again, uh, Detroit has the ability uh, to run the ball because the Panthers defense is not that good themselves against the running game. And, you know, you got Adrian Peterson, you got Swift up there for the Lions. So, again, the Lions can present some problems 
for the Panthers defense, but uh, a great defense is a great offense. So I expect it to, I, I don't expect the defense to play like they played uh, giving up big runs because against the Bucks like they did, because I expect uh, Mike Davis to be able to run the ball, the Panthers offense to be able to run the ball against Detroit, which is going to mm -hmm. some clock, which is going to give that defense time to rest. So I think it's going to come down to who, can do their job and who can do their job well, who can make big plays, who can get out the field on third down, which the Panthers struggled against the Bucs, as you mentioned, and we've mentioned, and we've seen they've struggled on third down. So you got to get out the field on third down defense so you can get over there and get some rest and give the ball to the offense. And the offense, you got to methodically go down and just take time off that clock and let the defense um, get their rest. You know, and let's keep it 100. Let's be real. Tampa Bay is a Super Bowl contender. You know, like, I mean, it's not like they were out there playing against the, you know, the Bad News Bears or somebody and just kind of messed up all over the field. Tampa's good. Tampa's got talent all over the place. Uh, they weren't bad last year. They were seven and nine, but they had a quarterback that threw 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions in a game, like, well, in a season. So it kind of held this team back. They've got talent all up and down the roster. If you look at Tampa Bay's roster for 2020, and it would not shock me if Tampa Bay is the NFC representative in the Super Bowl uh, this year. Like it, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. One, would it surprise you if Tampa was sitting there with Tom Brady in the Super Bowl going on, going up against Pat Mahomes or the Steelers or somebody? Drew Brees still showed that he's the king of the South. He came, he went down to Tampa Bay and beat Tom in his own place, and not no close game. He convinced the Saints convincingly went down and beat the Bucks. So. With if if the Saints and Bucks met in the playoffs, the Bucks are walking into that game with a little bit of doubt because they're like, "Hey, these boys came down and beat us in our own place." So, uh, yeah, you know, you look at their roster; they got an all-star roster. But I'm a firm, firm believer that teams win championships, individuals win accolades. So the Saints. Right now, they're playing like a team. And yeah, you got an all-star team with Tampa Bay. But hey, when they get into the playoffs, you only got one ball. You only got one ball. So who are you going to get it to? So how, you, know, you play as a team. How long does it take to heal from fractured ribs and a collapsed lung? Nah, I'm not a doctor. You probably got <laughs> I mean, that's my because that's why I'm kind of going with Tampa. I'm like, I'm not even sure if Drew's going to play again this year. Like, that sounds like a car accident. Like, from my understanding, he had fractured ribs the week before that they didn't diagnose and then he fractured more ribs in Sunday's game and had a, a collapsed lung. And I, I remember Tyrod, remember Tyrod Taylor at the beginning of the year, he had the collapsed lung because the doctor did an injection wrong or whatever. Uh, the San Diego, oh, excuse me, San Diego, the Los Angeles Chargers uh, quarterback. How did he ever get cleared to come back? Cause I know Justin Herbert kind of took that spot over and they just kind of gave it to him. I'm not sure. I need to go back and check and see when Tyrod Taylor was actually made available again. And that was without, fractured ribs that was just a uh, collapsed lung drew's dealing with multiple uh, well, multiple fractured ribs and a collapsed lung and he's 41 so i'm kind of like it's week 11 is he gonna be able to make it back like and if he comes back like what is he gonna be like when he comes back this season so that's those are questions that are out there so we'll see but yeah when they were fully healthy the saints probably were steamrolling towards the one seed in the nfc We'll see if uh, Jameis Winston can uh, keep them on the right track. I mean, I, I've I've always rooted for Jameis Winston. I've always wanted him to turn into an elite quarterback. Just I've always kind of liked him, but 
he's always kind of took one step forward, two steps back in his career so far. He's in a perfect situation right now in New Orleans to really show his worth because uh, he had to sign one of those little $1 million, one-year type deals uh, with New Orleans. Now he's going to have some tape. He's going to be out there in the New Orleans offense. He'll be able to perform. Who knows where he, where he is next year? Hell, he could be the the heir incumbent for Drew Brees in New Orleans going forward. We, we don't know, but uh, a pretty good shot. The NFC South, home of the Panthers, is going to be sending somebody deep into the playoffs, whether it's Tampa or whether it's New Orleans. Again, Sunday, 1 p.m. matchup for the Carolina Panthers taking on the Detroit Lions. Panthers looking for their fourth win of the season. Uh, again, Christian McCaffrey has been ruled out on Sunday, as well as Russell Okun and Dante Jackson. Uh, they, have, they have been ruled out already for this Sunday. Uh, we will keep an eye on the Teddy Bridgewater situation, too, as we head into the weekend. Definitely follow us on the Believe Podcast Network. You can follow me on Twitter at Dez, D-E-Z underscore 3505. You can follow Tyrone Pool on Twitter at TyronePool38. And make sure you follow the Believe Podcast Network at Believe Podcast, where you can get a podcast for pretty much every team, every sport, every thing you can think of believe pretty much has it all there for you for your podcast listening pleasure i'm desmond johnson for my co-host tyrone Poole. this has been the believe in carolina panthers podcast panthers taking on the lions 1 p.m sunday on fox keep pounding thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.